Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the Gunnerstown Morgue. Um, <laughs> we're here to celebrate the, the shit show that we've just experienced. Um, we've got Merv uh, Dinan for his debut. Aren't you lucky that this is your first appearance? Never Merv, mind. I, if my father was still with us, he would say, the first time he took me to Arsenal when I was four years old, we lost that one as well. So it was, it was meant to be. Okay, well, there you go. And um, in the blue, we have Mark King. Uh, Mark, welcome. Good to have you with us. Yeah, um, good afternoon, lads. Let's see what we can make of this. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and um, in the red shirt uh, from Cape Town, we have uh, becoming a regular here, Olaf Brinkman. Thanks, sir. Nice to be here. I'd like to be here under better circumstances, but I'm sure we'll dissect it in a second or two. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, let's start at the very beginning, which I think is probably where it all went wrong. Um, Merv, any thoughts about uh, the lineup for this for this game? Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I've never been a fan of um, playing a weak team in the FA Cup. Um, so, I, I, I the, the, the kind of I know the squad needs to be rotated, and, and, and I get that. I know people like Emil Smith Rowe need to be protected as well, but it just didn't look like a team that was going to be able to fight. You know, Southampton had a strong team. This was this was a big game for Southampton, and it just didn't look like we had a team that that were going to fight. It, it, it was just look like we, we we were going to turn up, have a stroll, and and, and try and nick it. Because you know we've just won the cup, so we'll win it again, kind of thing. I, I don't know. It just it didn't look like a team that was going to win this game. No, um, Mark, anything to add to that? Your feeling? No, I mean uh, it, it's exactly what what Merv's just said. To be fair, I think he's taken a, he's taken a big gamble there. I know lots of people will say, well, you know, he's he's got to rest players, and I think that's the issue we're going to have for the rest of the season is that he he does have to rest certain players. And the players coming in, they're at the right level. They're just so far out of form. It's unbelievable. So um, I think you've got to ask, you know, is, is Tuesday's game more important, given our league position, than trying to win the FA Cup? Uh, that, I think that, that's, that's something that we'll have to uh, debate amongst ourselves. I'm sure the fan, fans are already. Yeah, um, I agree. I think... Um... You know, the FA Cup is kind of what, what has given Arteta at least a little bit of a boost, you know, um, since he came in as, as manager. Um, and this is, a, you know, this is kind of our, you know, Manchester City have got the League Cup. This is kind of our thing, you know. It's, it's so important. It means a lot to all of the fans. And I don't know. I think everybody that I know of that looked at the lineup when we started out said, you know, um, I'm not sure how this team is going to beat a team that we struggled against um, you know, uh, the other times that we played them in the last 18 months. Um, Olaf, what did you think about it? I, I, I was very concerned with the lineup, um, especially again when you saw the Southampton lineup and how it's almost a full first team squad that Hassan uh, Hootel put out. Um, and, um, and then I was kind of wondering, do I get upset about that? And, the, and, and then the first half in particular. Um, and then I kind of said to myself, you know what? The, the players that were on the pitch, Played up to their ability, basically, um, and 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 although it's not what we uh, define as the Arsenal way and what we expect, I think that that is what the rotation has caused. So we've got players 
that were playing that actually um, played to their potential, um, but they're not Arsenal material at all. Um, and you, and as we you and I tweeted at half uh, just before half time about substitutions, you know, um, I was going with nine substitutions um, were required uh, in, in real terms. So disappointed, absolutely. Did they play uh, the Arsenal way? Absolutely not. But I think that they played to what their current uh, strengths and potential is. And that is, as we've all discussed uh, on, on multiple social platforms, not good enough for the Arsenal. As simple as that. Right. Um, in a game like this, you know, where it's a knockout, it's, a, it's a, you know, the FA Cup, um, it seems like the way to rest and rotate players is to put your good, it would be put a good team on the pitch get a lead, you know, and then get your other guys on to defend it because it's, it's easier to defend a lead than to try and come back with one with the clock running down, um, you know, 15 minutes to go and, and you, you've got that panic and that urgency against the team. This Southampton has been um, very frugal at the back this, this, this whole season. Um, Merv, um, how do you think, you know, how do you think this will, will you know, play into like the rest of our, our season? Does this, does this up, upset all the good progress that we've kind of made over the last couple of weeks? I, I hope not. Um, it, it shouldn't do. I mean, the team should have quite a different structure, hopefully on Tuesday night. Um, defensively, I'm not 100% sure what he's going to do because I know there are... I mean, Gabriel looked way off the pace. Uh, it's his first game back for some time. Um, I, I don't know what kind of defence he's going to play, but hopefully Partey starts, uh, Smith-Rowe comes back in. Um, yeah, Obama Yang comes back in. Uh, Martinelli hopefully was being rested, protected to maybe start. Um, hopefully so. I mean, I unusually, I I I think that the the priority in some respects is ought to be the Europa League this season, purely because yeah, to rebuild this squad they need Champions League money, and we're not going to qualify for the Champions League through the league, so there is a chance. Um, to to through the Europa League maybe to at least bring something more to the table in, in the summer when they're trying to hopefully restructure the squad. So I, I mean I'm interested if he starts to play weaker teams in the Europa League then I'm, I'm scratching my head. But it, it, it I think that they want to get some momentum going in the league. We've got some tough games coming up obviously. Um, Southampton away, Wolves away. Uh, we've got United at home. Um, so it, it, it's. Hopefully that momentum won't be disturbed. Hopefully William doesn't start, Pepe doesn't start, you know, El Nene doesn't start, um, and, and we're, we, we're at the races, if you like, from the beginning. Yeah, it seems um, seems curious that you know, as you said, you know, Europe Europe is so important to us. We need the money. We need to be a European football club so we can attract the kind of players that that you know um, could help us in the long run. Um, and considering this, the FA Cup is what got us into Europe. You know, last season, yeah. this just seems like a huge opportunity missed. Um, oh, there was, a, there was a. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, I just wanted to, uh, to just to kind of build on what you just asked uh, Merv and stuff, and I wanted to kind of say, if he'd started with Partey and Lacazette as an example, Partey's controlling the midfield, um, and then Lacazette with his ability to hold up the ball and bring others into play. If he'd done that for me, and then took them off at 50 minutes or let's call it 60 minutes um, to hypothetically for uh, for um, Tuesday, I think that would have been a much more sensible uh, approach as well as it would have given the team uh, a strong belief. They were almost on the back foot right from the get-go and I don't think that 
then helped build the momentum when they were in the attacking positions and trying to find space and how many times the Pepe's and the Williams lost the ball, la, 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 la. So all I'm saying is that if you'd started with Partey and started with Lacazette, it, I think it would have had a significant mental as well as potentially an outcome-based difference uh, for the game and then substituted them later. Yeah. Um, there was a curious... <laughs> we, had, we had two keepers on the bench. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. Um, you know, one of them is a, a new signing on loan from Brighton, is it? Um, Matt Ryan. Um, what's your thoughts about that signing? Let's let's go away from the, the team selection. Mark, any thoughts on that? I, I, yeah. think, I, I think after that last Europa League game, we all knew that uh, Renarsson was going to be a big risk if we stuck with him as number two post uh, January, you know, one injury to Leno. And I know it's unusual for goalkeepers to get injured, but we've only got to look at last season to see that it does happen. So there was no way I think we could have risked going into it with the lad. It, not not even just in terms of ability, but in terms of the battering his confidence would have taken after that performance and the amount of stick he was getting. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the club needed to, uh, needed to bring in another keeper. There were a few around. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan, whilst his form may have uh, dropped off uh, and, and, you know, he lost his place at, at Brighton, you know, he's an experienced keeper. He's got experience in the Premier League and international level. So I think he's a good player to bring in as as number two. Probably not as good as our number two was last season, but that's done and dusted. Um, but uh, no, he's a decent number two and I think it had to be done. It was nice to see that the club just kind of, got it done and there wasn't much chat about it happening you know literally I saw one person really sort of mentioning his name from the end of December onwards so uh, that was good none of the usual uh, KFC ITK fellas had a clue so nice to see yeah it was a quiet and um, quietly confident um, good deal by Arsenal um, it was still interesting why you would have two keepers on the, on the bench the only, that... thing, the only thing I could think of was that I read a stat somewhere uh on Twitter, that, that Ryan's penalty saving average is way higher than average Premiership goalkeepers. I think it's something like seventeen point six percent on average, but his is twenty four point some, something percent. So I don't know if it was for that. I was glad we signed him. He's been one of the two keepers in my fantasy football team for last two seasons. So and I know he scores points during the course of the season for saves and things. Um, but the only reason I could think of having him on the bench was. If, if Leno got injured in the first few minutes, he probably was out of match practice because he hasn't played recent weeks for Brighton. So they right. might have to take a punt on Renarsson. But if it went to penalties, maybe bring him on as a penalty specialist. I don't know. I am also believe that because Aubameyang was with the crew today, but then was sent back home um, early in the morning because of uh, uh, personal reasons, that that created the space, and that's uh, potentially why Ryan was put could also be put in. Oh. All right, just to give him a bit of um, a bit of a road trip with his new colleagues, maybe. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, so, starting from the from the back, we mentioned Gabriel. Um, he came back after injury. Um, he seemed a little rusty. I mean, his hair looked a little rusty. Um, but you know, he, I don't know. I've, it, with Gabriel, I've seen. We've seen some amazing man of the match performances from him, and then we've seen a couple that have been more kind of Gabriel Paulister than you know than um, anything else. Did you? How did you find um, his his performance today, Mark? Um, um, I think yeah, you know he was, he was pretty shaky at the start, and I think Gabriel's one of them defenders. He's a little bit uh, 
he's, he's a very energetic defender. I think you can see the big difference between when he played uh, and then when Mari came in. Um, you know, Mari was is, is a very solid defender. You know, he he's a little bit more sit composed, do what he needs to do. Gabriel's a little bit more like a Duracell bunny. You know, he's trying to get 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 out nick balls and stuff like that. And I think that's fine. But you know, if you're if you've been out for a little while and then you're coming back in. You know, sometimes you're not going to be sharp enough that that stuff works for you completely. I think he got better as the game went on, but he he, he did look a little bit um, all over the shop. But I think, you know, that's that's going to kind of not be helped by the entire performance. You know, you've got a good, solid performance. Your defence is a bit more composed. They're not so panicky. Uh, I think today um, the defence looked a little bit kind of all over the place, but... I think that was probably a lot of that's based on what they can see going on in front of them. Uh, they're probably panicking a little bit more because of that. Uh, and I thought Gabriel, um, yeah, I mean, he, I, he, he just he just needs to maybe calm down a little bit. But he's only a kid. I mean, I think we forget that. He is so young. He's so inexperienced playing against top-level opposition. Um, so I think he will, you know, we, we've seen in the season, the potential is there. He will come good today. He's he's unlucky with he's unlucky with the touch he got on the goal because he took it right uh, underneath and then he drive, but he'll he'll come good again I think. Right, um, Merv, you know we we've got um, you know Gabriel. We've got Holding has been partnering. You know he's partnered Louise, he's partnered Gabriel, he's partnered Murray. He's kind of been um, and obviously he's got a new contract. Um, he's, he's somebody that Arteta seems to be um, using as an anchor. Um, who do you? Who would you? You know, which which partnership do you think would be um, your first choice? Um, you know, going forward in the league, um, would Holdings still be that that person that you hang on to? Or? I I've always, I've always liked Holding. I've always thought that he was a good prospect, um, but he hasn't really pushed on. I mean, he he, he does have rash moments in games, um, and maybe we've been blessed in the past with very strong defences. Um, so uh, I think we have to accept sometimes that we, we, we've got defences where defenders make mistakes. Um, I think Chambers was usually fairly solid. I know there's talk about it, maybe him coming back into the fold. Um, Gabriel, I think, is a good prospect, um, but I think yeah, he's still a prospect. It's a, a totally different league. The Premier League is a completely different thing uh, for um, players coming through. This is, I don't think I'm going to get to Odegaard later that's a concern there but I mean the the, the it, it takes time to adjust I mean he came back in after a few weeks when he hasn't been well and he's got Ings against him who's one of the top strikers this season he's got Adams against him who's a top uh, striker and, and assist maker this season he's got Walcott's pace and it's probably a lot for his first game um, right. I think that Mari I like although he's injured at the moment he plays it out well from the back and quite quickly and I think that will do well with Partey I found, um, you know, you probably noticed as well. Um, Gabriel is much more left-footed than I than I than I had noticed before. Today, I found, yeah. him, you know, like having to make a three, four-point turn to in order to play left-footed. There were kind of times when he couldn't even just tap a ball on with his right foot. It had to be like a, you know. So yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. like you mentioned today, where where he's under a lot of pressure. I think having that added, you know, um, that that need to take extra touches probably didn't help. And there did seem like moments when um, when the communication was an issue. I mean, there was there was a very obvious ball over the top that that wasn't dealt with very well between both of them. Um, he seemed mm. to kind of duck and leave it. Um, so, uh, Olaf, would you um, 
would would you say that there's still a, a place for for Louise um, to maybe take that to take that spot and let Gabriel ease himself in? I mean, who do you see as your your first choice? You know, centre back pairing. We I think we um, we we had a discussion about that. Uh, I think a, um, a couple of games ago. Um, I'm um, I was very impressed with Mari. Um, and I made the observation that Mari was left-footed and then we, uh, and Gabrielle as well, and could they play together, both being left-footed. And um, I think the consensus at the end of that little discussion we had was, yeah, it is possible. Um, but I think that the ball control skills out of the back and now with Party uh, being back in play and, and being fit again um, and therefore can have a regular spot, the ability of that short pass or even a slightly longer pass while Party finds a gap and then turns and then uh, uh, turns uh, defence into attack. I have a soft spot at the moment for Mari. I agree with Merv. I do like holding as well. Um, and it, it would be a juggle between the three, would be from, from my perspective. Louise on the bench and at the end of the season, Hasta La Vista, baby. Because um, um, he just slows the game down. And that's the thing, the difference also with holding is he at least tries to turn the defense into attack. He brings an energy. Sometimes he does go charging forward. And, and I think that that unsettles the, your opponent's midfielders and, and attackers and, and puts them on the back foot. So the three of them have that ability, and I think that that's going to be quite crucial uh, for the remainder of the season, especially to get points. Right. I think the one thing Rob needs to do, um, Holding needs to do, is get, you know, get rid of those kind of sloppy wayward... Um, passes that there's two or three every game and sometimes you know they, they have more of a negative effect than, than others um, but there was quite a lot of that today um, Mark I felt like there was you know there was a lot of and, and William seemed to be at the center of a lot of it it seemed like there were passes that just went wayward or you know players passing into a space and expecting normally somebody like William to run onto it and he's just not present what is it about you know about about William what is it about his performance is something it's just like a different player, you know. Than that. Uh, is it? Do you have Do you have kids listening to this? <laughs> no, um, no, it's a good job. Yeah. Good job, Gareth's not on, isn't it? Really. Um, yeah. William. I mean, I, I don't really know what to say. Like William, it's hard to see a player who who has has spent many years in in the Premier League, has contributed to Chelsea, playing well, um, and just moves across London um, and has struggled so badly. I, I mean, you you know, we, we you can say the same thing about Pepe, but there is stuff that with Pepe you could sort of say yeah. are factors that need to be taken into account. But with William, you sort of think it, the, the, the drop-off is astonishing. Um, and it's just hard to put your finger on why. You know, you wouldn't expect at his level he'd be a player whose confidence would just keep snowballing further and further down, leading to worse performances. You know, he should be, he should be better than that. Um, yet he, he's, he's just bringing absolutely nothing to the side. And, 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 you know, and I know like as football fans, having just watched our team lose a game, we're all going to be very emotive. Um, but honestly, I think you would struggle to pick anything out of that game that William did that, that was, that was kind of much good. And and it's just, I, I I mean, it's a longer term problem because we gave him a three year deal on decent money, um, but in the short term, 
Arteta's got got to really seriously think about what he does about him because he cannot he cannot keep picking this guy and relying on him to um, to do what the likes of Smith Rowe is doing, you know, or Saka when Saka plays out on that wide right slot. He he cannot he just he can't do it because of William and Pepe. Are two players, along with a few others, that if Arteta keeps picking and things, you know, end up with a poor season, which it, it, you know, it honestly could end up that way, will end up putting a lot of pressure on Arteta's position. So, yeah, so really, you've got to wonder why he would keep persevering with them. Yeah, he seems to be bringing it on him on himself, and um, I felt sorry for Eddie today because, um, you know, when you've got Willian and, and Pepe. Um, you know, as as your kind of you know your chief suppliers uh, in a game like this, um, he kind of snatched at the chances that he had. He didn't have a great game. I mean, he he ran around a lot. Eddie, 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 chase it down. He did that. Um, what did you think about uh, Eddie's performance today? I, as you say, I mean, you, the context is the people he had around him. Right. Um, I mean, I like Nketiah. Uh, I don't. Do I think he can lead the line for a a top four or top six club in the Premier League? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't been sure. I mean, he he does what he needs to do. He presses. He chases down. He's very willing. Um, I'm just not convinced that he has the extra edge that we need a central striker to have. I mean, if, if they move Lacazette on. Uh, for example, in the summer, because I think he's coming well into the last couple of years of his contract. He's 29. Um, I can't see Eddie leading the line for us next season without somebody else, uh, an, another striker being bought in. Um, but I don't think he had a lot. Of, I don't think he had a lot today to feed off of. Um, Willian, I, I just, yeah, I, I just don't get. I mean, it's kind of a. I, I was pleased when we signed him. I thought, you know, I've watched him for Chelsea. Okay, I don't know, you know, Chelsea only offered him a two-year contract. We've obviously added a third year in. But I saw what he was able to do for Chelsea in the last couple of years. Um, and, and I know from a couple of Chelsea friends how important he had been. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know. It could be lost confidence because, you know, he's an international. He's used to winning trophies at Chelsea. He's, he's coming to a team that is struggling. Uh, he's coming to a team with um, where there are other players who maybe shouldn't be there, and it's affected it. Um, he can't fit into a different style of play. I don't know, but but it there is. I agree with Mark. There's a decision that has to be made, and whether it's there's an agreement where he has to play a certain number of games or something. It, it, they've got to look at buying the contract out, or or. or I don't know. Maybe William himself might want to move to I don't know America, China, or something. I don't know, but but I can't see for another couple of seasons having him in and out of games like today. How that's going to help the team develop? Yeah, you know it's interesting because um, you know William Pepe, they were all part of the team that kind of got got Arteta into the big hole that he was in at the beginning of the season, and yeah. um, when he finally had the guts and the courage to shake it up with the younger and more athletic, um, less fearful, you know, the youngsters, the hail end kids, and 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 how they elevated the game of people like Lacazette and Shaka around them, you know, we thought that that might be an opportunity for these people to respond to that kind of pressure and yeah. actually, you know, and and deliver as they are seasoned pros. They've got the ability, they've got the experience, um, but it's not working 
out that way, is it, Olaf? <laughs> no, and uh, and I think that uh, the, the the it's quite interesting this discussion around Eddie. Um, and by the way, um, um, I don't think I, me personally, in the last couple of years, and we've had a few bad signings. I have to say that the William decision has been most probably one of the most the the, the poorest decision in in a long, long time. And and I know that there's more that I can you everybody else will have an opinion on. But just for me, I see him on the picture and I did, I, I just as we all go, we don't understand. The issue as well is with uh, with the Eddie issue. Um, um, I, I think I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong. Bale Balagon? Balagon, yeah. Uh, he played yesterday for the under-23s. Now, granted, his contract's up and he's likely to be going to, to Germany. But if ever you wanted... It, it, and, and apparently they both had the same uh, manager um, or, or agent, as an example. Um, but I, I'll speak under correction. But I would... You know, if you look, like he scored a goal last night. Um, but this is would have been an ideal game to have played him. Taller, more imposing, a little bit more creative can run from further out and create issues within a box as opposed to being a pure fox in the box kind of scenario that uh, that Eddie does and relies quite heavily on balls coming to him, as it were. You know, I, that was an interesting decision. I, I would then have played Eddie and Ketty last night in the under-23s. And, I, think, um, and, I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think Balogun, um, his agent, apparently they're asking for £60,000 a week. Um, which might be part of the reason why Arsenal's just going, well, you know what, you've, you've only played, you know, two and a half games for us. And, yeah, you, you, know, you know, I'm just not, I mean, people like Eddie and those guys, um, Saka, they were on 30,000 or, you know, they started off somewhere before they kind of proved themselves. And I think that the club also needs to just, you know, these kind of agents going in for these, you know, really um, huge deals for unproven people. That's kind of what got us in the hole. You know. Eddie, Eddie for me is is good is, is going will be great in some of the cup games for example um, and and even maybe one or two Europa League games um, but I don't think he's an automatic starter ever for 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 a first team Premier League game and and and, and if on that basis you've got to make a decision that then I would most probably not go in that direction at all were it me yeah I one, think I'm, uh, sorry, sorry go ahead Mark. One, one interesting thing about that is that, um, as Olaf has said, yeah, um, Balogun does share the same agent as Eddie and Saka. And, you know, so we've, we've got a decent relationship with the agent, it would appear. So it's 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 interesting why there seems to be this kind of problem that we're getting with Balogun. It's a really vicious circle. If we don't play him, he's not going to sign. If he doesn't sign, we're not going to play him. Um, but he uh, he did he did play last night. I think he, he may have got a hat-trick. Uh, and just shortly after the final whistle today, from his Twitter account, he tweeted uh, uh, a, a video of one of his goals from last night, which was a pretty exceptional goal, to be fair. So uh, um, it's 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 a situation. I'm sure that's not really going to have helped that level of sort of uh, banter, as it were. It's not going to have helped his his contract negotiations, maybe. But um, I, I I think I think Eddie. I'm not sure. Do you, do you, I, I mean, do you guys think Eddie has a long-term future here? If he doesn't, whisk him, take what we can get for him this window, give Balogun his minutes, and get him to sign. Um, you know, sixty thousand. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Eddie's maybe on forty-five. I think so. It's a lot more, but it's kind of like I think. You know, can, can we keep affording to lose players for nothing? The amount of players we've lost, and yeah, Balogun could go on and be be nothing. You know. Um, or we could, you know, we could sign him up, keep him for a couple of years. He, he becomes Eddie, and we sell him for another big profit. 
Uh, we need to be selling youngsters like other clubs do. I mean, how on earth did Liverpool get 20, 20 odd million for Rian Brewster? I mean, it's just, you know, we need to be a lot smarter. And, and I think Eddie yeah, will be yeah. an example of whatever we're learning. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Eddie has had his chance. I mean, it, this this kind of brings us to a deeper issue that we've got, which is is goals. You know, like we, we used to be a team that had, you know, a, a decent striker, you know, bringing us, you know, like goals every season. And then behind, you know, behind that person, there was normally two or three people that contributed around 10 goals each a season. We're not, we're not getting that. I mean, even like, um, even the players that we're, we're kind of rah-rahing behind this season aren't that prolific. Um, Merv, you know, is this, how do we solve a problem like that? You know, if, if people are not scoring goals and you don't win games, right? That's true. That's true. It, it, it goals win games. Um, I think that the creative hub uh, has been unsettled, has not been that creative. Uh, we seem to have the before Christmas and after Christmas with the Chelsea game when um, think, things changed. Uh, but even then with Palace, we, we, we again, we really struggled. Um, I think that it... it they're, they're working on the midfield. I think they've got to get the striking bit right. Um, I think back, you know, three, four years, we, we could bring someone like Dan, Danny Welbeck off the bench. And as in that game with Leicester, for example, he could contribute a goal to turn the game, to save the game, to win the game. I don't think, I know Eddie's played from the start. I don't see Eddie and Ketia coming off the bench with 20, 25 minutes ago. A vital goal, yeah. yeah. So it needs to be someone who is. Um, and we, 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 we're torn between this. Do we play Aubameyang in the middle? Do we play him on the left? And, and some games we play him in the middle, some games on the left. Um, it, 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 what, what is the, the position that's going to be best for him? You know, if he's going to get balls like um, the one he got for the first goal against Newcastle, then he can do that almost Thierry Henry style coming in from the left. Um, but, but then again, you know, they've got to make a decision on Lacazette as well because of his contract. So I think that the summer is going to be a huge one for strikers. Um, it, if they let Balogun go, then I, I guess they have to keep Eddie as a younger striker. Although, of course, yeah, he went to Leeds. He didn't get much game time. Um, so is that yeah, a totally different manager who plays a different style, not seeing in him what maybe the Arsenal club do? Um, I don't know. Is it, there seem to be issues all around the team. You know, we've spoken today after a defeat. Had we somehow come, come back and scraped a win, would we be having the same discussion? Hopefully so. Um, but but it, it, it's, you know, the defence, the midfield, which we haven't spoken that much about, uh, and the attack is a problem. As you say, they're not really firing. And it's only when we get the, I suppose, the games like Newcastle, like West Brom, Chelsea, even when we've got, we've got, you know, Saka, when we've got Smithrow, people buzzing in and around the box, Martinelli, um, that we seem to be creating opportunities. Right. Well, you know, um, one of the comments I made after the Newcastle game was it was the first game in a long time, I mean, probably in years, where I felt like the Arsenal team was was stronger as a whole, you know, than the sum of its parts. There was, there was, yeah. at first, it seemed like all the bits were gelling and making us more muscular, more effective, um, you know, than, than, than we had been. Um, I think the flip side of that is that, that we're actually, as individuals, we, we don't have like such great, such a great team. You know what I mean? Like we right. need to have a team that functions really well, like all the bot, you know, like the bottom of the, the division teams have been doing for years. You know, like punching above their weight, 
um, you know, like decent players, but you know, um, with with a great um, game plan, and then they, you know, they end up being more effective. Um, and I don't think that we can carry on being a top club if we're going to have to resort to that kind of thing, where there's got to be some kind of magical click, you know, which has got to happen, you know, every second blue moon for us to to actually perform in the way that we should be performing. Um, I'm not sure, Mark, do you, um, have you been following this Odegaard uh, transfer thing? Um, Merv brought it up, but um, I was just wondering if you and Olaf um, have any familiarity with the player. I must say I, I know very little about him, um, if anyone can. I'm, fam I'm familiar with him, as in I know who he is. I know about, you know, when he first broke onto the scene and there was the whole fuss about where he was going to go to then further his career and, and he went he went around basically all the top clubs including us um and and in the end chose real madrid which would was probably like the glory option but might not have been the most sensible option for a, for a kid of his age uh and you know he's he's been out then you know once the news broke uh you know you look into what what's happened to him and the loans that he's had and he's he's had he's had a couple of good loans particularly at the time he spent at Vitesse and then last season at Real Sociedad he, he did really well um and and he he is the kind of player I think that we needed because Pepe and William are not giving us what Erdegaard might come in and do you know it, and also the thing is you know it's ridiculous when we've seen the difference that Smith Rowe has made that you know, a kid has come in and has made us such a better team, and has, has shown you know he's really shown up. These older, more experienced, higher-paid players, he's really shown them up for what they are. To be honest, and how they're performing at the moment, and the, as we've seen today, if you've got to rest him, which we have to, you cannot rely on Smith Rowe for the rest of this season to try and win us slightly. You know, the Europa League and and get us into the top four, which is still manageable the way the season has gone. Um, you cannot rely on him, so you need someone else. And Erdegaard would be a brilliant option if we can get him, because he can who play him. Him. Who would you compare and, him to historically? Just for somebody like that doesn't know anything about him that's watching this pod, somebody like me, who, you know... Um, I wouldn't compare him to you, Paul. I think he's better than you. Um, okay. Well, yeah, in all fairness, you haven't seen me yeah, play. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd say he's more, he's like a modern day young Urzil, perhaps. I think that might be what I'd say. You know, like I said, I'm never going to profess to be an expert on 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 the guy. You know, uh, but that's what I've kind of heard that he, he's he's like. You know, he's like a a, a younger Urzil um, who who works really really hard. So maybe Urzil before the. Um, the apathy kicked in. I don't know. Yeah, he can score goals. He's through balls. He's you know he's through balls into the penalty box. Uh, are something that we've missed greatly. You know he, he he's good at playing that that final pass into into the box to uh, to runners and to feet. Um, so I think he'd be a great player because not only can he rotate with Smith Rowe, I think he can rotate with Saka in that that wide right position as well because obviously as again. Saka, as we've seen today, Saka will need. You can't rely on Saka, a phenomenal player, but we cannot rely on him for the season to play every single game and every single minute. So I, I think if Erdegaard comes in, that would be really great because the other thing as well, it means less William and possibly less Pepe as well. So that, that on, on again, today's showing, that can't be a bad thing. No, I think, 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 I think
you also need to be wary because he's been playing. Uh, he was playing a bit in, uh, I think, he's in Norway, and then he went to Spain, uh, where he's been playing, and then it was a little bit in, in Holland. The Premier League is a hell of a lot more physical, so to come in for five months because it's only going to be a short-term loan potentially without the option to buy and all of this. If, you, if, if what you read is true. We always talk about when we get new players in, how they've got to adjust to the Premier League. Here we're talking about the guy who can make a difference, absolutely, but uh, but he's got a five-month period. So, A, the physicality of the defenders, and he's going to come then with a tag over him anyway. So all the defenders from the opposing teams are going to be going, ah, uh-huh, we're going to show you how we play football in this country. And so that's going to be an issue. A, he, then he has to adapt and then to kind of gel with teammates and whatever else. Normally that would take at least six months, minimum, if, uh, if, if I'm correct. Um, and, and we've got five. So I, I think we, um, if he does come, I'm, for one, and much as I'd like him to, to make a, a massive difference in, in the creativity part and, and be a great backup for uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, I, I think that we, one also needs to be wary that one doesn't expect too much because, um, yes, because of those factors. And the other point that I just wanted to make on the strikers, if I could, Paul, was an unwritten rule of strikers is that they are supposed to, just by their selection and their name on a team sheet, supposed to make the defence and defensive midfielders particularly feel nervous about what they're going to be up against. For me, Eddie doesn't quite do that. If he's on the team sheet and whatever else, then I'm a, a defender, central defender or a defensive midfielder. I'm, I know I've got to watch him and he's very fast and, and so on, but I'm not, I'm not, he doesn't strike any fear into me, as an example. Aubameyang uh, does and Lacazette, as an example, does. Um, and I think that that is also an issue that never really gets spoken about, is the psychological stuff of who your strikers are and what their potential is um, as well. You know, one thing that just came up struck me when Mark was talking earlier, um, you know, about resting and rotating, you know, Smith, Rowe and Saka and stuff. One thing I've noticed, and it kind of goes back to my point about the cogs and the the wheels and the sum being greater than, you know, whatever it is. Um, It seems that if you bring on Saka on his own, it's not enough to make a difference. If you bring on a Smith, Rowe on his own, it's not really enough to make a difference. It's like you need those, the, you know, you need those combinations of, you know, Saka, ESR, and Lacazette, and that's a luxury, you know, that that often we don't have because then you can't rotate everyone at once because then you've got, you know, you've got dog shit to replace them with, you know. Um, is Erdegaard somebody that, um, you know, it was, it was a thing Erzul was always accused of of not being able to be that player as as good as he was and as much as he was earning of being that player to come on and drag a team over the line, you know, like. Um, he never really did that. He wasn't, you know, Van Persie, there was, we've had players, you know, in the recent past that have, you know, have come on and, and just, you know, you just drag the team over the line. Merv, um, you were going to bring up Odegaard um, earlier. Uh, do you have anything to add to what? To what I don't, just... um, I suppose the, the, the point that I related to him was about kind of getting used to the Premier League. Um I, I I didn't know a lot. It was a name I knew. I knew that you know from the he's from 16 years old. He's been one of these prodigies who's like you know, talked of as being a top 10 future kind of European player. Um, and I knew he was at Madrid. I didn't realise that he, um, I, he. I don't think he's had much playing time recently. I suppose my concern was, as it just has been uh, 
uh, explain, the, the, the Premier League is very physical. Um, and it will, you know, we'll be up against whoever in a couple of weeks' time. It's be right. This kid, he's got the world at his feet, joined Real Madrid at 19. It's You make him know you're there. You make him know he's in the Premier League now. That kind of thing he's going to have to deal with. And if it's a season, because we got someone like Danny Ceballos on, on loan for a, a whole season, um, it, 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 at least he's got time to learn in the first few games. Um and, and that's my only concern. He might not be much fit. If if he was to join this week or next week, he might not be much fit because he hasn't played much recently. Um, and he's got to get up to speed with the physicality of the Premier League. But he could be those one of those generational players who who is able to, I suppose, flit around. You know, Emil Smith-Rowe obviously did the hard yards with Huddersfield, the championship, which is an even more physical league. Um, so he knew what to expect. Um, and I think maybe he can pick that up quite quickly. Maybe uh, Arteta will bring him in slowly, maybe off the bench um, a couple of times when hopefully a game is already won or, or it looks like it's won. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see a player like that because that's the kind of player that we need to be getting in um, if he's as good as the scouting videos and the clips I've seen. Um, but it, it, the concern is, need I say, Denis Suarez. The concern is a loan from the top of the <laughs> You don't have to say anything after Coming that. in, who's um, not match fit um, and, and who kind of like is kind of, we're scratching our heads after six weeks saying, why, why have we brought this person in? Yeah, and you know, obviously in the Europa League, we're in the knockout stages, so there's not a lot of time to hit the ground running, you know, as far as that goes. And I think, does anyone know, is the format a single game or is it is it, um, is it home and away? Um that's two legs. Two legs, yeah. But we could, yeah, we, we, we could have done with a kind of draw than Benfica, couldn't we, to be honest? So, uh, yeah. It's a bit, um, a bit of a shame that it's such a tough game straight off the bat. Um, there were other teams we could have got that might have been a bit easier. Well, but the same so, with yeah. the FA Cup, we could have got Crawley. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that, you know, new, you, you, the, 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 if we'd have got through today, we were then away at Wolves. And what would we Tough, tough, tough draws, but you know, you've got to be in it to win it. I mean, you know, we can't always get draws like Spurs are getting at the moment, so but, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I don't want to worry about Erdegaard either. But yeah, he has he has supposedly possibly got uh, an issue with his knee or knees, so we'll see. <laughs> Just to throw that in the mix, I'm also surprised because I'm, um, I'm under, I was under the impression you can only do loan deals, you couldn't do two loan deals for players from the same club. Um, and if that's the case with Danny Ceballos and and, and now Odegaard, for example, I, um, but I might be mistaken, but I was under the impression I couldn't do two loan deals from the same club. I'm not aware. Apparently, it's only the Premier League. Oh, yeah. it's only the Premier League. You can't okay. have two from the same club. Um, that's what I, I remember reading that somewhere. Um, let's I, let's I, talk I, about... If that was the case, I'll give them Danny back and have Odegaard, to be fair. Exactly. Um, let's talk about something positive because I don't think it was a positive. Um, Thomas Partey, um, you know, against Newcastle, I thought he was fantastic. For me, he was man of the match. Um, he came on today and already you could see that, you know, he's the kind of player that just, he's like a hub. You know, he's, he seems to be as good in defence and positioning and breaking up and disrupting as he is, you know, transitioning and, and, and trying to bring attacking players. And um, uh, Merv, did you... Did you find um, Party's contribution meaningful today? Is it encouraging? 
I think, um, I mean, I like the player a lot. He's somebody that, that I've heard of for two or three years. I was really happy we signed him. He's the kind of almost a return to, you know, uh, having the kind of midfield. I'm not going to name names of legends from the past, <laughs> but having this kind of, you know, mobility, you know, the, the, the comfortable on the ball, caresses the ball, can play it forward, can always <laughs> in the right place, knows how to find space for himself. Um, it's the kind of midfield player we, we need to be signing. Um, and I think, you know, because we are not going to get back into the top six, top four, uh, you know, with, with Xhaka, Elneny, um, Ceballos. It, it, we need some overhaul. And I think that, it, 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 you know, again, the game changed when he came on today. I think there was also the, the change with uh, bringing uh, Cedric onto the right. He hugs the touchline a lot more than... Uh, Bellerin, which gives Pepe a bit more space to come inside. Um, I think generally, once the team moved around, we looked a lot more comfortable. But Southampton had a lead to defend at that point. Um, and you know, they could just you know, put up the low block and just say, you know, hit us with what you got. And without anybody really to, I suppose, unlock that defence in the box to just be able to turn quickly and put a shot in or something. Um, we were just putting in crosses that, that, that they were heading away. But I think, you know, it, 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 each time he's come on, uh, he's changed the game. Yeah, I think having players like that um, not only change the game, but they, they, raise the, they seem to raise the ability of the players around them. And I think yeah. that's where, you know, and unfortunately we are in a situation, I think, where we've, we're managing. And it's a great, I mean, it's good for Arteta to find this because I think, you know, we, we're halfway through the Premier League season. We had a really shitty first half. The second half of the first half was, you know, was was looking better. And, you know, if we could be like, if we could be like that, we, you know, we've got a chance of, of maybe even squeaking into the Euro European places, you know, in the league. Um, but, you know, it relies on having all of these different players that that seem to elevate elevate each other's game. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like there's not much more to to talk about. Can I just, I want to throw some stuff in quickly, just quickly. Go um, for it, yeah. The fact, that we can't throw, the fact that we cannot do a throw-in, irrespective of who the hell does it, is a problem. The fact that... We've got away with two that weren't called, I think, that, you know... The fact that we cannot take corners is atrocious. The fact that we doesn't even get past the first player is abysmal. I mean, that's the kind of SHIT you practice every day. And it's like not that hard. And then, and then we can't take free kicks either, you know, or, or at least do something creative with it. Those are, you know, three, those are three rudimentary parts of playing football, whether you're playing at school or whether you're playing in the Champions League, you know. Yeah. And the fact that that's the kind of stuff where we end up losing the ball or it's a wasted opportunity. It's that and We talk about all the other things about the players. And by the way, Pepe... I, I think he's at the end of his road pretty oh, soon yeah. as well. We've got to get rid of him as soon as possible. Yeah, I think. but, I, but the, I just wanted to make the point that those three fundamental footballing kind of Absolutely. issues that yeah. you need to be able to do, and we're not even doing it, no matter in none of our games. No, that, yeah. that is a concern for me, um, irrespective of who's on, on, on the starting block. So, so this, this kind of brings up something that's like a pet peeve of mine because, you know, I speak to my brother... Uh, quite a lot about it. It's about the, but you know, football players just seeming to wing it, you know, like and cruise by on like you know good hairstyles and and being fashionable. I mean, I watched a, I watched a video, 
maybe a couple of weeks ago, and it was Steph Curry from the NBA, um, and he was he was um, practicing. So he's in a gym, and he was standing in the corner of the basketball court outside the three point line, and he shot 103 consecutive three pointers in one cons one consecutive video. The guy caught it, passed it to somebody else. They had two balls in rotation. They passed it to him. Three points. Another ball. Three points. Another ball. And then he just stopped. He didn't miss. He just stopped. He'd had enough. 103. For, for somebody like Pepe, who's on whatever salary he is, and he's meant to be you know, one of the top footballers in, you know, in the world, to, to not be able to get a corner past the first man, it drives me fucking crazy. It really does. Like, what, what is it? Like, how, you know, um, golfers, you can see the golfers put a, you know, put a ball next to the, the hole, like 250 meters away in a crosswind, you know? Are they are they just getting by on you know should there be more um, emphasis on on actually you know being able to fucking play with sport? <laughs> well, I'm, unless I'm mistaken, we actually invested in signing a set piece specialist. In we we did. Set piece. Yeah, for corners, free kicks, defending them as well as knocking. But I, I I just yeah I mean it, it we never look dangerous from a set piece. But more like electoral football, hey. So remember, we've got this new director of football who's joining us. Yes, um, from the Premier League. Yeah, but so all of these issues, some of these issues around players and stuff and, and whatever else and performance, potentially he's the one that's going to help, uh, must probably then uh, have to hold those uh, in management and, and so on to account, one, one would hope. I felt that he was more to replace um, Harmony, you know, as like a... Uh, he, he's more he's more on the administrative side. I don't think he's going to be teaching our fullbacks how to take throws. <laughs> the point you made, Olaf, was was really really valid. You know, some people will say, "I'll give you something a throwing." Oh, it's, it's a quite a bit. But all of these things, you they all add up, and they're basics. They are basic skills that professional footballers should have really learned from the time they were like old enough to kick a ball. But if you can't get them right, if you haven't got the respect to take a throw in properly, then I'm sorry, I just don't, you know, I just kind of worry that you're, you know, you're not, you're, you're not on point for things, you know, you need to really be not giving away possession stupidly. You know, a bad pass is a bad pass, but a foul throw is just, that's, that's childish. That's schoolboy behaviour, yeah. And the, the corners, you're right, it's it's absolutely, the number of times we get a corner and you sit there and you watch, you look at the front, front man, of the defenders, and you think, oh, I hope you're ready to head this away, mate, because it's coming for you. And well, that happens. Every... Stomach. <laughs> yeah. Free kicks. I mean, that free kick, you know, what was it, 80, 86 minute or something? Yeah. And you got yeah. pay over the ball, and you're like thinking, okay, come on, deliver a decent ball in here. You know, don't go for the glory. It, you, this is not the time to go for the glory. Just deliver, get it in the mixer, let's see what comes out of it. And Pepe just ballooned it over, you know. It's it's um, it's worrying. All of this stuff is basic stuff that you know should you you don't have to get right. It should just be right because you're professional footballers. Yeah. Have pride in in the fact that you can take a throw in. You can get a corner past the, the first man, and you can take a, a free kick without ballooning it into the stand. It's just uh, yeah, these are all things. And I know people will say, "Oh, these are trivial matters." They're not. They're not. They're part of. They're Apart from those technical skills and the things that you would expect, you know, a, a, a professional in any career, you know, I'm, I'm a concert pianist, right? So I can play a Rachmaninoff piano concerto and play, you know, 18,000 notes consecutively 
without, you know, making a mistake, you know? So, and I've done that by putting in the hours and practicing and practicing and practicing. There's certain things that you should, if you t do something professionally, you should be able to do the basic, you know, fundamental yeah. rudiments of whatever it is. And the it's same the thing goes with, with, with game management. I mean, you know, when, when we've got five minutes, you know, to score, that's when we suddenly seem to, you know, like get into this situation that we've got all the time in the world and we can do these long, slow bucket passes, swing it round, and everything. It's like no sense of intelligence or urgency. And it's so frustrating as a fan to sit there and go like, you know, are you, are you fucking stupid or what? Like, you know, like, why are you doing that? Like when we, you know, what, are you, what is the point of blasting it over? And then the goalkeeper can take a minute and a half to take a, you know, to, to take a, a kick out from the back. It's, it just seems so dumb. A lot of, a lot of our footballers just, this team just seem to be pretty stupid. You know, they make stupid mistakes, yeah. stupid decisions. Uh, it's, it's a tough team to watch. I think one of you said that um, on the group before we came on. Um, and it is it's a really, really hard team to support at, at, at times. We've had amazing FA Cup experiences. You know, three, uh, the, the last three FA Cup finals happened to be there. Um, I, I, you know, it's hard to, you've, you've all experienced way more than I have, but it's hard to explain that, you know, that, that sheer elation and that joy when, when your team, you know, pulls on out of the hats or, you know, um, plays well. Um, we so, didn't look like the holders today. That's fundamental. No, we didn't. And that's what the situation all comes down to. We were just defending your title like we did, you know. Yeah, defending our title like we did today was just shocking. Um, anyway, I just wanted to make um, like a just uh, to Chris um, Suburban Guna, who's who was meant to be on the show today, just um, you know had a um, had a loss in his family, and I just wanted to raise my glass to him and say, Chris, you sending you. Our condolences and sorry to hear it mate love you and hope to have you back soon um there's there's a lot going on you know that's that's way bigger than a football match sometimes it yeah. feels like the whole world is it's just collapsed and then you suddenly remember that the world actually has collapsed and, and you go it's well it's just yeah. football you know it's our team and we love it thick and thin um you know we're, we're always going to be there for it so i appreciate you guys joining me in the morgue today to uh, it's been a pleasure it was nice having you, Merv. Um, Mark. Nice to be here. Thanks again. And Olaf. Thank you, Fiona. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> I'm better line this, this video up for the ending, otherwise, Gavin's going to give me a hard time. Anyway, thanks to everybody who commented and who watched and listened. And um, yeah, up the arsenal. Up the gunners. Up the